Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minutes, a daily podcast in which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments, and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And Kyle. Yes, sir. You know, every once in a while we have uh, public service announcements that we make mm. here on the Marvel Movie Minute. Well, sure. Uh, this will be to help the people. This will be one of those. Uh, I would just like to note to everyone that according to the American Automobile Association, more than 200,000 crashes happened between 2011 and 2014 as a result of debris on U.S. roadways. These crashes led to over 500 deaths and 39,000 injuries. There's nothing funny about that. That's serious. Okay. Uh, Two thirds of these accidents were the result of improper maintenance and unsecured loads. Listen, everybody, you're not going to hold the mattress on the top of your of your car <laughs> while you're driving down the road. Here's what you need to do. Get some rope. Get some bungee cords. Maybe some cargo netting. Hey, maybe employ a friend. But here's the other thing. Rent a bigger Audi, you billionaire goofball. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> All this information, uh, courtesy of autosimple.com. Please just be safe. Don't. When you go to Ikea, figure it out in ahead of time. U-Haul can rent a $20 pickup or a box truck for the day. And that's not that's not a paid advertisement for U-Haul or any other <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the truck rental places. Although we're not above that sort of thing. Oh, but hey, if you want to send us the truck, it's P.O. Martin. <laughs> anyway, never mind. That's all I got. That's all I got uh, because this, I, this this minute has the second most annoying thing to me in this movie. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, you know, Rob, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to be on Tony's side in this because not only have I done something like this, well, I've done <laughs> this exact thing. Well, we we have all done this. <laughs> so I was when I was uh, living in Atlanta for a while. I was working uh, while I was. Uh, doing a internship. Internships don't pay, so I had to take a retail job. So I worked at a place called Zany Brainy. So Zany Brainy was an educational toy store. So it was oh, started yeah, by yeah. a guy who wanted to buy educational toys for his niece and found no, those stores did not exist. He couldn't find one. So he made one. So he created a whole thing and it became a, a big thing. So this was in the late 90s. Uh, so I, I joined on board. And the idea was that everything had to have an educational purpose. Like they weren't just going to sell whatever random Barbie nonsense, you know, right. thing. Like, you know, like the I, like my, my daughter now is just obsessed with all these random things where like you just get a, a packet and open it up and it's a random piece of plastic. Is it going to be a gold one or a silver one? Or right. uh, this is, I know, I know I'm sounding like the, the get off my lawn, but I just, <laughs> no, it's the, true. The random nature of it just, just drives me crazy. Um, but, uh, while, while I was working there, uh, the big thing that they made in a strategic alliance with was Miffy. Do you know what Miffy is? Miffy. Miffy. No. Miffy is a Dutch bunny. So Miffy is actually a a very famous uh, cartoon character. I mean, like a like from a children's book that be, like started out in the Netherlands and then sort of went went wide and became super popular. So around the world, or Miffy, uh, like Japan in particular, loves Miffy. Miffy is a very simple design. It's basically like it's like if you just draw like the uh, the cartooniest rabbit that you can, and then two dots for eyes, and then X for the mouth, that's Miffy. 
It's right. a really simple. So it's, it, it appeals to preschooler, you know, a kindergarten and that kind of thing. So they had just made the strategic alliance. And so Miffy was every, the entire section of the store was just Miffy world. It was just Miffy everywhere, uh, which delays no end because Miffy is the most expressionless of animals. You know, they, it's like happy, sad, angry, it's all just the, the X, like the X for the mouth. Um, so, this obviously did not go extremely well. So in the course of a couple months, the, the Miffy section got smaller and smaller and smaller and then eventually was totally dismantled. But when they were in fully in love with the Miffy design, and it's nothing against the character, the, the character's doing fine. Like it's just sure. it basically that strategic alliance did not benefit either party very well. But in the process, there was a six-foot wooden sign of Miffy, which had, like, had the, the head of the rabbit and then Miffy in big, bold letters that was mounted to the top of the, of the, uh, the, the, the shelves. And so when they were going to do it, they were just going to throw it out. I said, oh, you're just throwing that out? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, with the, just a couple of like sawhorses, that could be a really nice desk because it was six feet long and like sure. three sure. feet deep. And I was poor. Because I, right. I was working retail while doing an internship. I could barely make rent. I'm like, I could have a nice desk from this. And so I had to get it home. And I had no money and a really crappy car. So it just so happened that I had gotten a hand-me-down car, which was a Bonneville, which had a sunroof. So oh, that no. night, after my shift was over, I opened up the sunroof, stuck that thing in there. And so, like, I was driving down the road with, like, four feet of Miffy, like, above my, like, the giant Miffy was, like, above my head as I was driving home. And they're just praying it wouldn't just, like, whoosh, go shooting right out the top and do it. So it, I drove home and I, used, and I used that desk for a good year and a half. And basically, the only reason I didn't take it with me is because I couldn't afford to put it in the car when I was moving away. Okay, I have two questions for you. Number sure. number one. Hey, and listen, you're still listening, and you're like, "When are you going to get to the show?" Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to the show. Okay, we'll there isn't there. much to this. These aren't much to this moment right now because no, it's part no. of a bigger moment. But anyway, yeah. one when you put Miffy in the in the car, yes, was Miffy heads up or bottoms up? Well, it was it, so the it was it was just Miffy's head, like it was oh, just the thing, and then okay. and then it said Miffy. So like basically oh. it was there. So when I stuck out because it, that part was stuck out more because ears it has the right. ears that were sticking out that right. were carved out above it. That was I couldn't fit that inside. Oh, okay, so good. So right. it was sort of like Miffy was sideways essentially just, above my head. I just had this idea down the road, and it was a highway. I mean, like, I had to drive sure. on the highway because I was in Atlanta, so I had to drive the perimeter because I you know I. Worked in, uh, in uh, North Cobb, uh, right. and I had drove all the way back to like uh, to uh, Atlanta proper. Oh, okay, no, no, no. All right, because I just had this beautiful image of like somebody you driving down the road and seeing like it looks like a big rabbit that's diving into your car, which I think is funny. <laughs> okay, no, my like you're doing a Superman, just right. Sideways. So my second question is yes, because I because I have done similar things in my life. <laughs> At one point. Did you realize, because it should have happened pretty quickly once you're on the highway, uh-huh. this may have been a very bad idea. Oh, yeah. So as, soon as, as soon as I got above, like, because like, like, the, the store was in... Um it was deep in the suburbs, uh, so sure. like very very high end area. So and, and and Atlanta, for those of you who don't know, is very hilly. So you're going up and down, and so you go. And so then when I when I got above forty, and that sign exactly. started shaking in the thing next to me, and I and and uh, and the the highway was seventy five. It was a four oh, highway, oh no five lane highway. Oh no, side. and that's like there's so I'm like so I'm driving with my hand in the and, and the bottom was a big car, so it takes sure. a lot to hold. It. So I had one hand over it, like basically trying to make sure it didn't shoot out the top. 
Or I, oh. I thought either that or I thought uh, this is going to shear right off. It's just going to crack in half because the wind pushing it against the car. Which Debris? <laughs> yeah. Just... But no, I came oh. home and my roommate was like, what did you do? <laughs> oh, the closest I came to that, I think I bought a two or three drawer filing cabinet in the MG. Oh, wow. And I literally okay. had to put the top down and I had yeah. to put it in the passenger seat and, and strap it and in. That, well, no, it's a filing cabinet. But <laughs> but I'm just going to say, though, no, I mean, like, please, yeah, don't, like, if you're older and listening and you and you're, have some wisdom of years, don't yeah. ever try to do any of these things. Because no, they, don't. Yeah, because really the folly of youth, you know, I was 29. Now, and so, um, I mean, so that, when I see this, like, it makes me sad. It makes me uh, go like, hey, I'm just like Tony Stark. Well, because in this minute, finally, <laughs> what happens here? What minute are we on? What is going uh, we're, on? <laughs> we're here at minute 82 of Iron Man 2 from 2010, director Mr. John Favreau. Uh, and uh, we, we pick up where we left off, which is uh, Tony in his what used to be his office, which is now Pepper's office. And he is looking very closely at the model, so much so that he even does the pirate. Oh. Like, I have no idea what that was about. Like, he wanted to zoom in, so he like puts the, it makes a circle with his hand and like zooms in to like look at it from a different angle or something. I don't know. Perspective, he, yeah. He sees something. He yes, sees something, he Rob. There's something that, and it's it's all like the like the key to the future is there, but he doesn't know exactly what it oh, is. Jeez. Uh, and so uh, then I, I assume that we're meant to think that he did this by himself. Yeah, like, that he didn't get like some intern to come and do this. So like, like he had to take. So that means he had to take like four trips, right? Because it's in it four pieces. It's in four pieces. So it cuts right to a shot of him in the convertible Audi, yep. and he's got the model, and it's and it's clearly him. It is. It is. It does look like Robert Downey Jr. driving the car, which I'm sure you'll, we'll talk a little bit about. Yep. And then it's the whole model broken apart into four really long pieces. They probably look like they're six foot by two foot or so. And they're just stacked on each other in the passenger seat, and he's cruising down the highway. Mm -hmm. There's so many issues with this. First of all, <laughs> it's dangerous. Two, I don't think this would be possible at the speed he's going because no. there's no way these things. I mean, no, there, there, there's, there's more of them. There's, there's pieces, and we've seen that these pieces come off. But these pieces come off. But wait, we also know there's more of it sticking out of the car that's in the car. Yes. Physics. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the foot well is not that deep. No, that doesn't work. And let me just tell you something. As you're seeing this, this is a model that's what, 30, 35 years old? Yeah. These models are made out of cardboard and balsa wood. Do you yeah. want to know what happens to the three layers under that first layer? <laughs> Crunched. <laughs> and uh, so interestingly, this was actually not shot by John Favreau. No, no. Seriously, like this, this whole thing was like, uh, like, well, we need to figure out how people are going to wonder how he got the model from the office there, and so right. um, Louis de Esposito actually shot these with second unit. Uh, Louis de Esposito, for those who don't know, is probably the second most powerful man at Marvel. He has been the producer since Iron Man one, uh, and now is basically the producer uh, underneath Kevin Feige. Like running as Marvel Studios, right. uh, but at the time he was just you know another producer. So he went out with a camera crew and shot these things of like uh, the 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 pieces of the model shoved into the car and driving. Is on. that so oh, it, wait? I, I got to tell you now. I and I tried really to look did for this. It. this they really did this. They really did this. Yeah. That's shocking to me. Yeah. So that's not CG. It's not Robbie Downey Jr. Obviously, but it's not CG. 
I don't know. Next, I've always I've always thought it was CG. To be no? perfectly honest, really, no, they actually went out and shot it. Yeah, this is actually like they they designed these pieces. I, I don't think it was actual model. Like they designed something that would look like it. It's all. Well, I'm sure it's and I'm sure it's. I mean, it's locked into the car. Yeah. Like yes, I mean right. obviously. And, and I'm sure I bet you those four things are one solid piece. It's one solid piece. Then okay. Yeah. And they only had well, to get you know what five seconds. Yeah, I mean you know, that's the ridiculous thing about this. Zhu, some zhu, guy, some guy had to make. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> anyway, I will be honest. Uh, to me, this has always just rubbed me the wrong way because it's so ridiculous. Uh-huh. But it does serve the purpose, as you just said. Of well, right. how do you get the model out of the? But okay. But to be honest with you, I think and this is even more, more absurd. ridiculous yet to come. Well, well, okay, true. But this is more ridiculous. Than just having it show up in his work but workshop at home, <laughs> because guess what? I can totally believe that Tony Stark has can pay someone to rent a U-Haul and yeah. put it in the truck and bring it to the house. Right. <laughs> like, like of all the plot holes in this, this is the one they were like, "We need yeah. to address this." No, you we need don't. To make sure. Do we though? Anyway, all right. Um, so then, next thing we see is he's in the workshop. So he has reassembled it. Uh, somehow he got found a table big enough that it would fit on it, and he put it back together. And so he's looking at it closely, and he says, Jarvis, would you kindly vacuum form a digital wireframe? Now, that's an interesting turn of phrase, because obviously he's not vacuum forming at all. Vacuum form is a process where you put plastic over something if you're going right. to make many of them. So, like, basically you have, like, a, I think I think of it, I've seen it actually done in real life, uh, because where I grew up, um, Plastics is a big, big deal. Uh, sure. So in like Northern Indiana, there's all these little things. And so I've seen them on the, the caps they put on top of trucks, like the the like the air vent covers. And stuff. Right. So you put you have they build one and then they put the a sheet of plastic, they warm it up and they poof, over the top of it. And then it goes the outline of that thing. And then they can make a bunch of them from that. So they usually just do that over and over and over again. Uh, so that's, that's what vacuum form is. Well, and it's and it's and it's served a huge purpose. I mean, in industry, you know, you had the whole advent of uh, signage. You know, yeah. back in the 60s and 70s when you had the explosion of, like, everything from Burger King to McDonald's, those signs, that's all vacuum form created. It's you're heating the sheet of plastic. And then I think it's kind of neat is I've seen the ones where the molds, um, after you've heated it, the mold, like the metal mold, has all these little air holes. And the, there's vacuum. It's vacuuming the air. So yeah. as it brings the plastic over it, that's right. what it's, sucks it to the mold. Right. right. Exactly. And it's also played a huge role in the model making industry. I mean, I can't tell you how many old rockets and little models I used to play with that I used to make when I was a kid that, yeah, you'd get out the sheet of plastic that had like the parts of the aircraft and they were just, you can see exactly how it was done and then you have to cut them off from the, from the plastic and everything. It's, it's something that we take for granted, but I mean, it's the science and the, and the industry behind it is amazing. Because the future, Rob, is plastics. Well, it's pl- <laughs> now here's the thing. The term, the term is kind of weirdly used here. Yeah. But that is kind of what Jarvis is doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of neat, actually. I kind of like, like a it. Digital overlay, and then like, yeah. You know, so he says, Tony says, I need a manipulatable projection. Uh, so the Jarvis says, 1974 Stark Expo model scan complete, sir. So then, Tony then like reaches down and picks up the digital version of the model. Right. And like puts it up in the air, so he like stands it up on its end as opposed to sort of looking over the top of it. Uh, and so then he's looking at this viewing. And so uh, in the commentary, um, John Favreau talks about how there were multiple 
studios involved, like multiple things. So, our, you know, there's we, we talked about several different uh, special effects houses, and so multiple special effects houses were used. That he even couldn't remember all of the ones to try and get this right because they had obviously shot Robert Downey Jr. standing there with nothing, just right. gesturing in the air, and so they had to figure out what it is he was doing, and then. You know, basically, when he flicks something away, they had to make sure to put something unimportant in that place. I mean, it was like it was a we- it's a weird dance of like having to have the actor had done this thing, and then they have to go back through and like justify why something doesn't belong there. It's 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 fascinating. So these are the multiple uh, companies had to had to work together to do this because it looks great. Oh, it I looks mean, fantastic. Ten years later, this is amazing. Like we yes. still have not gotten I mean like this is future tech. Like we still have not gotten to this this point where you can have a 3D model that responds to your gestures. I mean like we all we all remember the connect. Right. <laughs> and and the promise of the connect and that never really happened. Yeah, like gesture based um control is really not quite there yet. But you know, it is interesting though to see how much closer we've gotten to this with industrial 3D scanners. Um True. you know, even to the point that they're used in you know for homes or you know you're replacing molding. I've seen this, you know, on shows where they can actually scan in crown molding and stuff for older homes and then they can 3D print the replacement to fill in the part. I mean, we we're way farther along in this than anybody would think. So yeah, I mean, true. I mean, at this point, you can pay to have somebody's dead father resurrected as a hologram and just give it to someone as a gift. Oh boy! <laughs> Timely reference. No one knows oh, what I'm talking about. Let's yeah, move on. Um, so, but uh, I, I, what's interesting to me about the gesture-based thing is that Douglas Adams made jokes about this, you know, in the Hitchhiker's Guide in like the in like the 80s. Uh, he said he had uh, someone listening to the radio, and they had they said that it was a radio you can control with gestures, and people. Uh, it used to be big, and like the more people kept complaining about how much they had to do to change the station, so they made it so precise that now when you had to li- when you were listening to any music, you had to sit stock still because if you made any motion at all, it would assume you wanted to change the volume or the the, the station or whatever it was. <laughs> so then when they're just stuck in their chair. Well, this um, and there's really there's nothing- a futurist for you, Douglas. Oh, Adams. gee, oh yeah. Um, okay, and there's nothing really. Uh, the only thing we see in the background of this, because it is the workshop, uh, a yep. lot of the cars have been cleared out. We see the Hall of Armor, or at least yep. we've moved around. We see that the Mark II suit is missing, obviously, in the Hall of yep. Armor. Yep, we got uh, uh, Dummy and you are both there, sort of just right. uh, cruising around in the background. And nothing really to note um, as we see the the model of the full uh, Stark Expo. I mean, it is kind of what we've what we've seen from some of the early uh, shots of this in the Howard Stark uh, images. Um, nothing that I pulled out that was, was particularly useful or important. Nope. I mean, other other than it appears to be the shape of something. Yes, that's it. It appears to be the shape of a World's Fair. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Tony says, uh, "How many buildings are there?" And Jarvis says. Am I to include the Belgian waffle stands? Oh, jeez. Oh, Jarvis. Man, somebody ought to give that guy a TV show. Uh, So even Tony is not having it because he's on to discovery mode. He says, that was rhetorical. Just show me. Uh, So then he clicks fingers and starts spinning. I don't know how why spinning the model helps him, but hey, I guess everybody's got their process. Uh, Okay, so here's a thought on that. As you were saying about how that they all these different groups worked on this. Yeah. I think he just makes that gesture of like a snap, like boom, and I think that came afterwards. I don't think that I don't think that was intended. 
Like, I think it was just like, okay, okay how, do, how do we fit? Because, okay, again, like you said, we're fitting in the graphics and stuff to match what, what Robert Downey Jr. is doing. Right. Um, yeah, because spinning, I mean, all it does is, again, it changes perspective, which we'll talk more about, obviously, as this as this scene continues. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it may, it may just be to see, is there something I'm missing because I'm looking at it wrong? Uh, yeah, and then as the, uh, the model is sort of then, like, of... It lifts up or whatever, that's where the minute comes to an end. That's it. So Tony has not made any discoveries. He's just, you know, looking at the model and trying to uh, solve the riddle of his heart. We only have so much more mileage out of that. <laughs> well, he's about to have a major breakthrough. So, I mean, that... no pun intended. Wow. Oh, well, hold no. that thought. No. Hold, hold that thought for the next minute. That's right. Or no, two minutes. That's it's right. next minute and the minute. Anyway, that's right. there's, well, break, that's there's right. a breakthrough coming. There's <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to discuss your own personal breakthroughs, you can do so on Discord. Yes, we have our very own Discord server. If you go to nextdoor.com and scroll down to the big button that says Discord and click on it, you can join our group. We have dedicated channels to all of our shows, uh, including this very one you're listening to right now. Tell us tell us how you're feeling. Tell us how your day's going. Yeah. Tell us what role this show plays in the <laughs> in the facets of your life. Are we your commute? to work or we commute home because those are two very very different emotional states you're in uh, are we you're cleaning around the house thing uh, are we are we a reward or are we a punishment for you we would like to know maybe we're your driving tunes as you uh, take an enormously large object that is unsafely able to be carried by the edifice <laughs> of your car That's wow true. I'm not <laughs> edifice good lord come on or maybe we're just escorting you as you go to get the mail, which, did you get anything good? I hope you did. Then go down Discord and tell us what's going on. So, the wire ma frame manipulation continues uh, as the as the adventure goes on. We'll see if uh, Tony Stark can come into any shocking revelations of secrets his dad left for him. Uh, and then uh, maybe he might even do some remodeling? I don't know. Spoiler. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You, you never know. Uh, probably not for a while, though. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, uh, make sure you stay subscribed. You do not want to miss Minute 83 because things will happen. That is guaranteed. Enough said. Bye. Bye.